Take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Thank you, choir. Ephesians chapter 4. This is a truth that I hesitate to share because it is probably one of the most precious truths I ever learned. And it is dangerous, whether you like my sermon or not, that doesn't matter. It's dangerous to be apathetic to one truth, particularly one this great. And uh, if you think, oh, I know that one, uh, you don't. You'll have to think about it for a while. When I first heard it in seminary, it took me six months to figure it out. And it took me a while. This is something that I renew my mind to just about every day. So look, if we will, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20. Paul says, But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your truth. And we ask you to encourage us and help us to grasp and appreciate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about the previous verses where he talked about the unsaved do not think properly. Their thinking is all wrong. And now he gives the contrast. But you are not that way. You don't think as they are. But you have not so learned Christ. The phrase not so learned Christ is equivalent to being saved. The world has its own ideas of heaven and this and that and its foolishness, but we have learned Christ. That is, we found Christ and the truth in Christ. It refers to being saved. And it is in the tense in Greek, which means it's a once and for all act. You have not so, and he used the word learned, you have not so trusted in Christ because you learned of Christ not the way they have. You trusted in him once and for all. To learn here means saving faith in Christ because the contrast is the world and their thinking, but we learn something different. We learn Christ by the enlightenment of the word, the indwelling Holy Spirit, thus we trusted in him. The contrast is with the unsaved world. As Christians, we are different. James says uh, friendship with the world is hostility with God because God is against the world and its system. The person who makes a profession of faith in Christ but makes no effort to break with their worldly and sinful has, has great reason to doubt their salvation. If there's been no change, a person has not got real assurance by the Holy Spirit, they've trusted in Christ no matter what they may say. The ways of God are different than the ways of the world. God intends for us to change. From the human side, to learn Christ is repentance. It starts with repentance. There's a change in our mind, our thinking towards ourselves and sin and God. We begin to realize that we're sinners. We begin to realize in our thinking that the Lord died on the cross for us. And through the Lord working, we then put our faith and trust in Him, knowing that it is through Him that we are saved. Repentance 
doesn't save us. Christ is who saves us. But repentance is part of the equation because God cannot save someone who's unwilling to turn from their sinfulness. Salvation is not just a check mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I prayed that prayer. I Check it off. I'm good to go. That's not true salvation. True salvation is a willingness to turn from a life of sin into a life that God intends for us to live. To hold on to sin is to refuse God. It's to refuse grace. It's to refuse Him. A person cannot hold on to faith in Christ while at the same time they choose to live in ways that the Bible warns are of the unsaved. The two cannot go together. And so that's what he means when he says, you not so learn Christ. We're not totally free from sin because we live in this fallen body, but our orientation is not towards sinfulness. Our orientation is towards holiness. We want to live for the Lord, even though our bodies, and we may sin at times, but the determined direction of our life is towards God. Then he does a complimentary phrase. He said, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. What happened at salvation was simply the fact that we heard about Christ, we trusted in Christ, and we believed in him because our salvation is in the person of of Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says, After you heard the word of truth, then you trusted in Christ. The emphasis of these two verses is in contrast to the other. The world has all kinds of ideas about salvation and the way to live, but we didn't learn Christ. We learned of Christ. We've trusted in Him as our Savior. And now we've truly found Him. And God makes a change in him. And then in verse 22, he gives one of the most precious truths. And I'm only going to mention it briefly this morning. Verse 22, 23. He says that you put off concerning the former conversation, which means lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And then he says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then in verse 24. And that you put on the new man. Which after God is created. In righteousness and true holiness. This is what I call bookends. The first is putting off the old man. The other bookend is putting on the new man. And in between is the renewal of the mind. To these truths. To put off the old man in Greek does not mean something we're to do. In Greek, it is in the aorist tense, which the way it means it is, we have already put off the old man. And then he describes it as in his lifestyle and it's corrupt according to the deceitful lust. We've already put it off. Now, in our minds, we may renew our minds to that truth, but it's, it, it's a once and for all deal. We have already put off the old man. It's like someone having dirty, filthy clothes. And they take those clothes off 
and they put on brand new, fresh, clean clothes. We have, when we got saved, we put off the old man. I'll get that in a minute. In, when it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, it is in the present tense, which means it's something we're to continually do. We have put off the old man, and now we're to continually renew our minds, not only to truth, but to this fact. To renew our minds to the truth. And then verse 24, and that you have put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And that is in the aorist tense, which means we've already done it. The emphasis of the verse is this. When we got saved, we put off the old man and we put on the new man. And we are to renew our minds to this truth. It is not something we're to do. We're to put off, in one sense, the sinfulness. But we've already put off. We've already taken off the old man. We've already put on the new man. Now, what is this? You may think it's the flesh. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. He is not talking about the flesh. Who is the old man? Oh, boy, that's great. <laughs> I'm only going to mention it briefly. The old man is before I was saved, is who I was in Adam. All of us, every person on the planet, has one common ancestor, and that is Adam. Now, you may trace your genealogy back. I think Dan's got it traced back to the 1600s on my father's side. But I could go even further and further and further and further and further and trace it all the way back to the one man, Adam. The old man is who I used to be in Adam. When you were born in this world, you were born into the family of Adam. You inherit his sinfulness and no matter how much you may do, no matter how many good works you may do, no matter how wonderful you may live, no matter how many churches you may join, unless you trust in Christ, you're still in the old humanity, Adam. 1 Corinthians 15.45 calls Jesus the last Adam. Jesus on the cross stood at the old creation. And when Adam sinned, he ruined the entire human race. That's the old man. But Christ died on the cross. And not only did he just die for you, but he died to end the old man and create the new man, which is an entirely new race of people in Christ. That is the new man. So when you got saved, you may not have realized it, but you put off the old person. The old person you were in Adam and you put on a brand new person of who you are in Christ. And that's how God sees it. God doesn't just see you, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's true. But God doesn't see you that way. Rising from the dead, Jesus heads a new creation. Whether we live before or after his earthly ministry, God counts us as having died and risen with Christ. The old man is simply who I was in Adam. And one of the most precious truths is this. Jesus Christ was not the only person to die on the cross. You did. Through your substitute, Jesus Christ. God counts us in Christ when he died for our sins. 
Through the Spirit's work, we are brought into our Lord's very body, and we're counted as having died with him. Thus, we are cleansed from any legal further threat. That's what Romans 6 teaches. Romans teaches in Romans 6, 6 that we have put off the old man. That's who I was in Adam. God considers this. That before you were saved, you were part of the Adam race. Fallen. Sinful. Christ came and died on the cross. And not only did Christ die on the cross, but you died with him, were buried with him, raised up. And now Christ is the head of a whole new creation. Those people in Christ, which is the new man. The old man is who I used to be in Adam. Not in practice. I'm not talking about in practice. You might have been good, good, good. Or you might have been sorry. But that doesn't have any difference with God. The difference is, it's who you used to be. Now let me describe it this way, to help you understand. Imagine you were somebody that was involved in the mafia for years and years and years. I guess they exist, I don't know if they do on movies anyway. <laughs> but you were involved in the mafia. And you were the hit man. You're the one that took out people. That was your lifestyle and that's who you were. Everybody in your town, you that's who you were. Everybody in your town knew who you were. You were the hit man for the mafia. All the police knew it. They just couldn't touch you because you hid all the evidence. Everybody in town knew that you were Mr. Mafioso. But one day you'd had enough and you said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn state's evidence and I'm going to tattletale on my buddies. And so you go into secret with the police and you tell them all the deeds they've done and here's what they do. They change your name and I'll just use me. They change your name from Tim Phillips, hitman for the mafia. They give you a brand new secret identity or an identity. They move you to another part of the country. They build you a house. You take your family with you. You live there, and you're no longer known as the mafia man. You're known as a whole entire different person. So when your neighbor comes out and says, Hey, how you doing, Mr. So-and-so? Little does he know, all he knows is you're the school teacher down at whatever, or you're the lawyer at so-and-so. He doesn't know you used to be with the mafia. You used to be the hit man. All he knows is you're somebody different. No one knows you that way. That's what God did in Christ. God took you out of Adam, condemned, judged, sinful, and took you, the old man, and put you into the new man, Christ, and now as far as God's concerned, you're no longer part of the mafia. You're no longer part of the unsaved. You're no longer part of old Adam. You're brand new in Christ. Now, the only difference is you happen to take with you the baggage. God didn't take you out of this body. You're still stuck in this body with its fleshliness, but the Holy Spirit has come to make you brand spanking new. And you're a brand new person in Christ. First Colossians 3.3 3 says, I died with Christ. What died? I died in Christ. We're not told that my sin nature died, my sins died, or any part of me died. It is simply stated that I died in my representative, Jesus Christ. When did this death occur? 
If I died with him, then this occurred when he died. That was 2,000 years ago. True, it becomes real to me when I'm born in you and begin to understand, but God counts me that I died when Christ died and I'm now a brand new creation. That's why we say that Jesus is head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church because Jesus is the head of a brand new family of people, people who are in the you man. Now here's the whole question. If I've left the mafia, I'm living in a whole other part of the country. I'm a brand new person. Nobody knows who I was. I'm brand new. Why on earth would I go back to that lifestyle and be arrested again? Why? I mean, the government has given you a brand new $2 million home. They put $10 billion in your bank account so you can draw on any resources you need. You don't have to go and commit crime. You don't have to go and do something. You don't have to sell drugs. You're a brand new person with a whole new identity. Why? Why would you act like you're part of the mafia? And here's the whole point. Why do we Christians want to act like we're unsaved? We are not. We are brand new people. We if the old man has been done away, I put in the brand new person in Christ, accepted, loved, he's for me, and therefore I'm to put to death the deeds of the flesh, the anger and the bitterness and the hatred and all that rest is to be put away and to be stopped because that's not who we are anymore. We're brand new people in Christ. You see, folks, I'm in Christ. I'm not in Adam anymore. I'm a Philip, but I'm a Philip's in Christ. Brand new person. Brand new being. And how do you deal with it now? Well, I happen to carry the old vestiges. If you're with the mafia, some of your old friends come around and maybe know about you and try to accuse you of being in the mafia, you, you, get, you get lost. I'm not in that anymore. Or maybe somebody comes along and tempts you to do something wrong. You're just like, that ain't me anymore. I'm brand new. I'm in Christ. I'm a whole new person. And that's why Paul says, you have put off the old person. You've put on the new person. Then be renewed in the spirit, the attitude of your mind. See yourself that way. See yourself in Christ. And if you're in Christ, a brand new person with God is for you, never against you, then why do you want to yield to the flesh and act ugly and mean and rough? That's inconsistent. Why would the mafia man want to go back and join the mafia again? He's been given a brand new life. We are in Christ, dealt with in our sin, but yet we're very much alive to the allurements of sin, and thus we are called upon to put the evil tendencies and appetites to death. But it's founded on who we are. Now in the world today, you could use an ambassador. <laughs> but in the world today, I don't know what these ambassadors do anyway. <laughs> but if you took a good ambassador who goes to another country, to represent America. There's a certain protocol, there's a certain actions. The queen represents England. 
And if you study anything about the queen, there's a certain protocol. There's a certain conduct. Now, it's the queens and all that, but there's a certain protocol. Unfortunately, her children didn't get the message. But for the queen, she pretty well observes a certain protocol because she's the queen. And she's treated a certain way. But that don't mean we're treated that way, but it just means when you walk out there, people may go, there's that old Tim Phillips. Well, who is that fellow? Little do they know, in God's eyes, I'm in the new man, brand new person. No longer part of the old. No longer can I be judged for my sins eternally because I died for them on the cross. And God did away with that. Now I'm free to allow the Holy Spirit to live in me, to put to death the vestiges from the old humanity, but I'm brand new in Jesus Christ. And so what Paul then says is we're to daily renew our mind to this truth. If you get up in the morning and just act like, well, it's me. You know what's going to happen? You're going to act like you. And I don't care who you are. You got some good points and you got some bad points. And if you say, no, I don't have any bad points, well, I'll be happy to let you point mine out and I'll point yours out. We all got them. But the truth is, you don't look at yourself that way. I'm in Christ. I'm part of a whole new humanity. Wouldn't it be nice if maybe God could, not that I'd want him to do this, but if he could just destroy the whole planet, everybody on them, I wouldn't want him to do that, and start over with a new family that wasn't sinful and create a whole new family of people. That's what he did in Christ. He started over with a brand new group of people. Those who are in his family in Christ. Those who have the new man, the new person in Christ. And I warn you. And I encourage you. Don't take it for granted. And don't take it lightly. Because it's one of the most precious truths in the world. He said, well, preacher, I don't understand that. Took me six months. Takes me a while to figure out how to explain it to you. But I know it's true. I know it's true. My illustration of the mafia ought to be the best one you ought to use. I'm not that person. I'm a brand new person. Now, Lord, help me to act like who I am. To have love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness. And if I sin and yield to my flesh, help me to confess it to you. Get it over with and move on. Well, no, preacher, I'm just sinner saved by grace and nobody's perfect. After all, I got nine out of ten and so I'm okay. Anyway, God sees it. Let me ask you a question. When you got a little child and you tell that child not to do that, don't go run out in the road, told you not to do that, and they disobey you. And they come to you and say, well, mom and daddy, that's okay. I did nine out of ten things right. I cleaned up my room. I didn't talk back to you. Uh-uh. You knew that. And you disobeyed me. So you can't say, well, Lord, after all, nobody's perfect, and therefore I'm imperfect, and so I'll just kind of do what I want to do. No, you won't either. God holds you accountable for what you know. 
And if what you know that you're doing is wrong, that you're doing wrong and God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to change because he's changed you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And we just ask you, Lord, I know it's maybe a difficult concept. Maybe people don't realize the importance of it, but I pray you'd work it. And those who truly know Christ will realize the value. Those who do not will not care. So we ask you to encourage us today in Jesus' name.